You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. (sighs) Windows, man. Windows, the, the nickelback of operating systems. <laughs> the nickelback you know? of operating systems. <laughs> Hello, everyone on the internet. Welcome to a long-awaited version of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and people behind it. As you know... I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, we finally have been able to connect. I have Mr. Philippe Herndon from Caroline Guitar. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, great to speak with you, Blake. Great to be uh, here. Finally, this has been like, uh, you and I have been like uh, <coughs> similarly charged magnets, like bouncing off each other for six months. Oh, it's it's been least. hilarious. I think it's you know, been longer than that at this point. Really? I'm losing, I, I, I don't have track of time anymore now that I'm a father. It's simply <laughs> like, all I know is that there, uh, if I see people, I'm like, I clearly haven't seen you since my child was born. You know, so, um, you know, it's... Wasn't you just your don't... child born... Yeah, your child was born before Nam, right? Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, he was he's, he's 21 months, but it's just like... Oh, gotcha. It, 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 just now we're starting to start to, uh, you know, recover some segments of this but it, it's like you know there, there's a segment i saw in a, uh, this tv show called uh, the fall it's on netflix it's with jillian anderson okay and spoiler alert you know there's a serial killer and he gets busted or whatever but right there's this great segment sorry to ruin it for people who haven't seen it but you know <laughs> he's a serial killer and he does eventually get caught um but it's worth seeing but right they're deposing him, and there's this great sequence when, you know, they're like, hey, you've killed all these people for years, and then there's like this big pause for a bunch of years, so when you start killing again, we didn't think it was you, we thought it was a copycat killer, you know, we thought these were two different ones, mm-hmm. why the big pause? And he looks at looks at her and says, well, like, well, you wouldn't understand this, but I have small kids. <laughs> I was like, what an amazing! <laughs> my wife and I constantly remind ourselves of that line, like, "Oh my god, that's so true." It's like somebody who has a compulsion to stalk, identify, stalk, and kill people has to take off, take time off from his pastime <laughs> because he has small kids. You know, I was like, I was like, I can so imagine that dude at the end of the day, like, oh man, you know. I'd really love to <laughs> stalk some hapless woman and, you know, and, uh, you know, figure out her daily routines and, and start to plan my, my, my murderous behavior. But <laughs> after like all these diaper changes and, 
you know, I'm just going to Netflix and chill. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, man, I'd sure you know, like, love to murder yeah, someone. <laughs> yeah, you know, anyway, what do I feel in the mood for? The Office, Frasier, or Curb Your Enthusiasm reruns? You know, like, right. you know, at that point, you're not, like, you're really, like, it's like, oh, you know, I really have this addiction to seeing people beg for their lives. But, oh, after that. After story time, you know, you just don't have the energy. <laughs> you just don't have the energy. <laughs> you just don't have the energy. I've been reading. I, I, I read Goodnight Moons, you know, four times in a row to my kid. And there's no way. There's just, there's no way I'm going to be able to go to a bar and create a false identity and try to seduce some, you know, some office admin. You know, uh, like it's you just know, not in the cards. No, yeah, it's just really. You know, I I don't have the time to to prowl through neighborhoods and you know set up my plan. You know, no, I'm just, I'm just done. You know, right. Well, but, I can see that guy like in a meeting with like other serial killers. You know, kind of how like you run into that guy who's like they like kind of find out you have some sort of you know guitar related business or you're in guitar somehow, and they're like, oh yeah, man. I remember back in the day when I used to play, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, you run into the other people, like, <laughs> you know, the, oh, man, I remember playing these clubs. It's like, oh, yeah, well, that was before kids, you know. Yeah. You run like, into oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember back when I used to butcher hapless victims, but, man, yeah. you know what? I just ran out of time. Yeah. It's, you know, when, can, when does one find the time now, you know? It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just between all these things i just can't do anything i can't do my awful you know criminal activity anymore that's that's the part where like superhero and supervillain movies are kind of ridiculous to me too like after like if, if any of these people procreate which you'd think i mean i know marvel and dc and those comic books just don't really have timelines you know right it's like right you're saying like like Peter Parker was like, you know, 26 years old when I was in high school. And if you open up Spider-Man now, Peter Parker is 27 years old, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just like Scott, you know, it's like most of the original X-Men were like real adults to me when I was a kid. And now I'm like, oh, I'm older than all of the X-Men, you know, right. like, like they just weren't, you know, they're just not allowed to age. Um, and it's like, uh it, 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 it's like any like if you had kids like you just don't have the time like you just don't it's just it's it's pretty great i mean but it's like i'm like i'm happy to gig a little bit and be do, doing what i do business wise and have that freedom but it's just like you're just like man like you know it, it's just not gonna happen you know but also <laughs> like the other thing i was laughing about like i used to when, when i used to play you know, and you'll stay up like all kinds of stupid hours, right? And mm -hmm. it, it, the only person you're punishing is yourself. You know, you'll be up until you'll you'll be up until two in the morning. You're chasing some idea, or you're working on something. You're a single person. You you know, like I'll be up until. And don't worry, I have to be at work at eight. I'll get up at seven, shower, and I'll be fine. I'll just be a little groggy. I'll I'll, I'll maybe hit the coffee machine or something like that. You know, and, mm -hmm. and you do that, right? Okay. So I, I will promise you this: uh, if when if and when you have kids, do you have any kids? I do. Kids? Yes, I have okay, one. Okay, so you know. Okay, so you know this. So I'm promising this to everyone listening right now. Your kid will punish you so much harder than your day job ever would. You know, like oh, if yeah. you stay up until <laughs> if you stay up until two, you're guaranteeing your your child will wake you up at five thirty, screaming, yep, inconsolable, and, and and there's nothing you can do 
you you do not have the ability to turn off that alarm easy. You don't have the ability to just kind of will yourself to whatever and shower. No, 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 no. Like you have to do something about that kid. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I've just come to realize, man. I'm like, dude, if if I if I am am uh, am up past a certain hour, like the next day, it's just going to be brutality. It's just going to be like it's, it's it's awful. It's really it's it's, it's been a wake up call. So it's like it really changes the way like. You know, like, I mean, we're, we're lucky as a company that I have, uh, you know, people who work with me now who they, they can go to shows, you know, like they can hit, they can go see, you know, uh, Wilco in Atlanta, you know, and right. go meet Nels Klein, you know, they can do stuff just because I just don't have, you know, the time or the energy or the, uh, the bandwidth, you know, that's where things really get kind of interesting, you know, mm-hmm. your serial and, killing uh, days are over. Basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The serial killing days are over, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or at least on pause. You know, I can restart in a few years after they start like elementary school and things like that, you know. Right. right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, because but the, this for the most part, a lot of this is, yeah, it really changes things. And also I was thinking about this as well, like, you know, in a lot of ways playing like rock and roll music and the stuff I really like is so like a, you know, so much a young person's game. Oh yeah. Um, I just sold a, uh, I just sold a a Marshall JCM 800 Mm -hmm. and, uh, I just remember thinking to myself like, gosh, this, it it went to the perfect person. It went to like this 17 year old kid who has a band called my brother, my sister here in, uh, Columbia. And the kid is 17 years old and I'm pretty sure he weighs less than the Marshall JCM 800, <laughs> you know, but he has no problem, like, carting around the Marshall JCM 800. And he he gigs with, I kid you not, this is so powerful. He gigs with a Marshall JCM 800 and a twin. What? what? <laughs> yeah, Gee, he gigs with basically, like, what we thought would be, like, what all of our dream stadium rigs were in like 1988, you know, mm-hmm. like he's gigging with that, like, like in like small clubs. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, like 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 we're talking like a like a pop up show at a we're talking like a pop up show at a skateboard shop. Right. Like he's he's bringing out a JCA 100 and a twin, and I'm like, oh yes, man. <laughs> yes, you know. <laughs> I just, I'm just like that's so great. And what I think is so awesome about it, it's almost like. I always worry, like, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of of the belief, like, good gear should be in the hands of people who put it to use, you know, because I'm like, I I don't, I got to be honest, like, when I was playing out mostly in, like, the late 90s, like, some of the gear was kind of garbage, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I mean, some of it was just not that great. And almost everybody I know who's around my age, like, I'm 43, who's done, like, reunion shows or things like this, the one thing you can't help but notice is, Either they've upgraded their gear and their tone is so much better, you know, mm-hmm. or they're playing with that same gear they had in the 90s and everyone's nostalgic for it. And you're like, ah, it doesn't sound that good. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. I mean, things are so much better now. Like, it's, they are. It's ridiculous. You don't have any excuse to not have... I'm sorry. Like, if you don't have good tone, then you just need to shut up and practice more. I mean, it's really, like... Because it's not the gear's fault. It's, it's it's almost never the gear's fault. Like, like I've heard Pete Thorne talk about this in demos. Like, he has 
a hard time finding pedals that he says sound bad, like definitively oh, bad. I agree. You know? Yeah. Like, he, he, he he's just like, oh, yeah, it sounds pretty good. Like, I mean, he, he, like, you can be dismissive of things that are clones, but they're clones of stuff that generally sounds pretty good. Ergo, they're going to sound pretty good. I mean, that's an, an entire other issue where it's like the conservatism of the conservatism of pedal amp and guitar design causes people to just make uh, clones of stuff that uh, has already sold well. Um, right. You know, so it's almost like it, it, you know, but that that's that's a cultural endemic that's br- bigger than just the pedal industry. That's also people writing songs in the same. Uh, arrangements of stuff that's sold before. That's people, you know, like all these superhero movies, you know, like Aziz Ansari has that great joke. He's like, oh my God, I, I, of all my, fa- of all those X-Men movies I've seen, this is definitely in the top nine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, right. you know, it, it's just like, you know, there, it, there's so much derivative um stuff but like but be that being said like they don't sound bad you know it, it's like people people have played it safe to the point of you know you know of uh, jaw dropping this you know that it's like wow this really just does sound exactly like something that steve ray vaughn would have played through um and, but yeah it's it's interesting when you think about it like these guys um, but the tones have gotten so much better in a lot of ways. Like that's undeniable. It's like, um, you know, like there's so many more amp companies. There's so many more uh, pedal companies. There are more guitar companies. Um, maybe not all with that much impact, but there are more, and they're willing to challenge themselves. Um, there are more pickup winders, and the pickup winders have really cared about doing stuff well. Um, and, you know, it's just at some point with what has been made available to people and the prices is that. I mean, I've I've pointed this out to people as well. Like, you know, sometimes people have given me guff for having $200 pedals. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, like I knew some guy who didn't know anything about this. He was like yammering about his $4,000 acoustic guitar. He found it. I was like, so what do you charge for those pedals? 50, 60 bucks? And I went... No, they're around two hundred. He's like, "Whoa, good for you if you can get it." You know, like some oh, smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just made me want to, you know, punch him in the face. But, right. Uh, you know, he's some snark, and then I'm like, "Dude, like, grab any musician's friend catalog from the 1990s. Grab any of those garbage pedals that were in there. Mm-hmm. Put them into a put them into an inflation, uh, a consumer price index inflation calculator on." Um, the internet, and then move it from 1997 to 2016, the year we're in, and go, oh, wow. You know, these boutique pedals aren't overpriced. No, you know, they're not. Like, they're not. And it's, it's like, um, you know, people are offering a fine deal on this stuff. And it's like, it, it, it cracks me up that people ha- seem to be totally cool People seem to have been totally cool with prices of other stuff going up. Like, what does a Fender American Standard go for now? Like, oh geez, what, I don't even know. They're, yeah, what, what's the street price? Bucks, something like that. Yeah, I want to say it's it's I want to say like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, you know, it's in it's least, in the mid. You know, yeah, it's well over yeah. a grand. Because well I know like the Edge signature model is around eighteen, right? Yeah, you know, and that's a fine guitar, right? But it's like. But it just cracks me up because I'm like, man, you know, when 
when, uh, you know, not to sound all get off my lawn, but when I was gigging, you know, <laughs> and we like when, when I was gigging all the time, it was like, all right, we're going to go to Chuck Levin's music center and we're going to go buy an American standard for 560 bucks, yeah. you know? And that's what it was. You're like, yep, going to go bring 600 bucks to Chuck Levin's and walk out with an American standard. And this was 1996. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's like in 20 years, that thing has tripled, you know, or close to tripled. You know, your amps are more expensive. Or if they're not more expensive, they're somewhat more expensive. And then they've moved production to China or Mexico or some other place. Right. You know, so it's like... You still want it made here, and you still made it want it well, and you want the company who makes this stuff to be accountable. I mean, well, it's going to be more expensive. Well, you know? let's be let's be totally honest though about like there's been high quality guitars and high quality amps for a long, long time. Like that's that's <laughs> not really a new thing. The variety is a new thing, but there's been a lot of high quality guitars and amps for a long time. Yeah, there's not been. I mean, not to be like super pessimistic but like you know ibanez and boss made good solid pedals but they didn't make the good quality nice sounding stuff that we have today you know there Mm -hmm. wasn't the quality of pedals around 20 years ago like no or certainly not the range of it in some ways because like right like uh, like i'll defend boss like i think uh, i mean it is funny to me that like their power handling and their flip-flop switching circuit is more advanced than 90% of what I see in boutique pedals, maybe 85 to 90%. But, um, but like, uh, you're right. Like there's a lot of stuff that wasn't particularly good. There wasn't a lot of moddable stuff. There's a very limited variety. I mean, and first wave boutique, which I, in my brain define as analog man, Mike Fuller, early ZVEX prescription electronics. Um, that's that doesn't start until 1994, 1995. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, analog man. I remember hearing about like my senior year of college, uh, people saying like, "Oh, I heard there's a guy who mods tube screamers." You know, like, yeah. Uh, but a lot of stuff early wave boutique really just was not out there. Um, and there were companies that did cool stuff. I mean, uh, you know, MXR did cool stuff in the past. Now, Mutron, oh my gosh, like did amazing oh, yeah. stuff. Right. You, I mean, there were courageous companies that did stuff, but it's also like if you go back and you adjust for inflation, that stuff was crazy expensive. And like, I mean, you find an old MXR catalog and it's like, wow, you know, an analog delay for only 400 bucks, right. $1980, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was that's like, a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. That's an insane amount of money, you know, and then. You're right. Like there, but there, there's the range of stuff that people have, and the variety of stuff is really, uh, it's splendid right now. It's a really, it's a, it's a really splendid time, and there's no excuses. I mean, you can find, you can find what you want. In some ways, though, I sometimes wonder if it has a negative effect. Like, um, and there's this book I've read called The Paradox of Choice, and it points out like how when you have too many options, in addition to, um it becoming more difficult for you to find a choice, you're also more dissatisfied with the choice that you've made. You know, like, if you're at the video store 
and you have a limited number of videos that you could have picked from years ago, you like chose one and you were committed to it and you were in hell or high water for that evening, you know, Mm -hmm. and you might've liked it. You might've not liked it, but you were, you bought in, in a full way. Yep. And I sometimes wonder if like now in the Netflix era, you know, like my queue has like 180 things in it, you know, and it's like, (laughs) there's so many of these movies that I'm sure are fine movies, but I'm like, man, I'm, I'm not getting around to watching this. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, in the end, I'm still, you know, burning through old old episodes of, of different TV shows and stuff. And I'm like, the commitment is different. And I th- sometimes think the same thing is happening with specific segments of Pedal World, namely with stuff like Overdrives, where uh, there's so many options in Overdrives. I mean, uh, there's one retailer I have that has over 350 Overdrive pedals. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I'm not doing 350 total pedals. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would be a ridiculous music store in and of itself. You know what I'm saying? That would be closets full of, of you know, like, shelves and closets and whatever. Mm-hmm. No, 350 different models of overdrive. Wow. And, and that's not even, we're not that's even not talk- shocking, though. Yeah. And, we're, mm. and, and, and I'm like, yeah, it's not shocking at all. And you're just like, 350, you know, like, can, can you imagine, like, Going to like your grocery store, your your uh, your alcohol and beverage consumption store, your ABC store, mm-hmm. and seeing like three hundred fifty different versions of like an IPA, you know, like. <laughs> well, I live in Portland, so I kind of yeah. do see that. But yeah, you do see that, and, and I sort of wonder if it makes it like, why would you commit yourself to any of these? You know, like because you're like, oh well, I'll just try that one now or this one now or, and 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 you know, you're. Whatever one you picked, there's probably a good chance that you got it wrong because there's 349 other ones that might have been better. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's like at some point it leads to like a real dissatisfaction when I'm like, you know, like, like, like say you get an over, like, think of some song with like definitively good overdrive tones or what we accept as overdrive, good overdrive tones. And like the one riff I always hear played. Um, at guitar shows is that my favorite mistake, um, Cheryl Crow riff. Okay. Um, and it's like such a great example of like a tube screamer style riff. Okay. Cause like Wendy Melvoin recorded it with like a, a Les Paul into a tube screamer and an analog delay and a, and an amp. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's sound like I've heard it ascribed to like, this is the AC 15 sound to everything from this is the plexi sound to everything. But really it was just a straight good tube screamer recording. And uh, it just cracks me up because I'm like, you know, you buy your overdrive pedal. And if that's your idea of what a good overdriven sound is, you know, like um, that or like the the, the, the similar antecedent is that that Ryan Adams, give me something good riff at the beginning with like a little bit of slap back reverb. Right. And like you play that riff and then you're like kind of dissatisfied with your tone. Like. You're probably going to, in your brain, blame the overdrive pedal first because there's so many other overdrive pedals and you're going to be like, oh, maybe I just need a different overdriver. Right, right. You know? Yeah. When really, like, I'm laughing because I'm like, and I'm guilty of this. And as a guy who sells overdrive pedals, I kind of hope people try different overdrive pedals, but it (laughs) cracks me up because I'm like, really? Uh, what probably will make it sound more better is if you spend an hour practicing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's something I'm super guilty of. Like I'm I'm a 
I'm a, well, obviously I run a gear podcast and gear, blah, 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 gear, everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm super into it. It's just like, but I am solely guilty of like, like I had a, I, I didn't take lessons when I first started. Um, and just kind of taught myself like a lot of people do. Yeah. And um, a couple of years ago, I was like, I need to get a guitar teacher and really, you know, help me out here because I don't know yeah. what I'm doing half the time. And and so I got one and, and I was with them for a couple of years. And then the more in-depth I got into the gear world and running the business side of things, I, the less time I had to actually have a lesson with him. And now we just, yeah. we, we've kind of fell, fell by the wayside. And I'm like, just brick wall. Like, mm-hmm. I know I could, like, and, like, it was noticeable. I'm like, oh, man, I'm actually playing a lot better now that I have this in my life. And mm-hmm. uh, now I've just, and I've just kind of plateaued since the uh, the lesson stopped. And and uh, even though I have more, bet, more gear and better quality gear than I ever have, I mm-hmm. still kind of sound, you know, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, but the beauty of it is, like, the gear... The nice thing is that the gear is no longer the mistake or it's no longer the impediment. You know, it's like now right. we, we really should rec- start recognizing like it's like, OK, the gear has given you the opportunity to experience this stuff really well. Now go experience it. You know, like that's the um, like I can't I have no excuses for not sounding good in a, in a band <laughs> setting, you know, except that's true. for my commitment to actually practicing and playing well. You know, mm-hmm. and that's um, that is, that is thrilling in its own way because <clears throat> I mean, there's stuff. It, it, it I find it really funny. I see so many pedal boards, and I'm like, uh, you know, and I've even picked on people other pedal boards, but really, ninety percent of the pedal boards I see posted you know, on in Gear World, I'm like, you should be able to sound fine. Yeah, with that you mm-hmm. know, and like. I'll have moments as well. I think the other refresher people need to sometimes start doing is let other people play through your gear, you know, because sometimes you'll be like, man, I sound bad. My gear sounds weird or something, you know, nah, 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 and all this stuff. And, uh, and I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm on a gear podcast <laughs> as a gear manufacturer and I'm discouraging people from just buying more gear. Um, but like, uh, the, the truth is, it's like, sometimes you're like, I mean, like I was laughing at this because I was like, man, I'm almost tempted to like swap out like pickups and like one of my guitars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like this guy comes over and I'm like working on one of his and I'm, I'm helping rewire his board. And he goes, "Ooh, I'm going to go play through some of your amps. And I'm like, cool. And he digs up some pedals and starts playing. And he just starts saying so rocking. I'm like, hey, what guitar is that? And he tells me and I'm like, oh. Well, dang, that was the one I was going to swap pickups out on. And I'm, that sounded beefy as hell maybe i'm losing my mind you know right. like um because sometimes as well there's also just boredom you know you're just like well you know and that's that's healthy too you're like if i experiment will that push me in a different realm you know um what i find more hazardous is when people are just like re-gilding their lily you know where they're like i'm gonna replace this tube screamer with another tube screamer i'm gonna replace this these vintage voice single coils with his other vintage voice single coil, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the differences between these are so psychosomatic and maybe not non-existent at times. Whereas, you know, it'd be one thing if they're like, you know what, I'm going to go from single coils to P90s or I'm going to go from humbuckers to single coil, you know, like big changes, you yeah. know, that I think is like really awesome. Or like, 
you know what? I'm just going to buy a totally different type of guitar and see what happens. You know, um, you know, like going from going from playing Fender scale stuff to Gibson scale stuff. I'm like, whoa, this completely changes the way I approach some of this stuff. You know? Oh, for um, sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, it's just pretty amazing. Oh, my God. RJ wants to come in. My little boy. Hold on. I'm going to have to let him in the room because he's oh, okay. coming in. Yeah, hold let on. him in here. Hey, Raymond. He's got a ukulele now. It's the cutest thing in the world. He has a little, <laughs> he has a little cheap ukulele. You going to play it for Blake? Hold on for a second. Oh, please do. Please do. Strum, strum. Strum, strum a little. Yeah. Yeah, strum a little more. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's coming here with his ukulele. He's pretty amazing. He's kind of famous from that Chicago Music Exchange demo. Too. Yes, yes. You know, uh-huh. uh, he's really he's really good. Hey, I'm honored hey, to have him on the show. Bring yeah. Hey, hey, Raymond, Raymond, would you do something for me? What sound does a lion make? <laughs> That's right. What sound does a tiger make? Oh, tigers are quiet. You're right. What sound does a dinosaur make? Ah, <laughs> oh, that's kind of the same sound as a lion. <laughs> I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. He's uh, definitely, uh, I'm laughing because like the most, uh, like that YouTube Chicago Music Exchange demo got like so many views. And then I posted like a little Instagram of him at my pedal board and it like, uh, had like the most views of anything we've had on Instagram <laughs> ever. And I'm like, you know, I totally understand where like awful child actor parents come from now. Okay. You know? <laughs> You're a Culkin now. Oh my God, dude. The Culkins are <laughs> the low hands. You know, just like, yes, yes, sing for my money. I'll operate your trust. You know? Right. I'll <laughs> let man- me take over this for you. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let me stage manage you too. You know, I'm in your best interests. Yeah. <laughs> 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 These people just behave like, become like, next thing you know, they're wearing fishnet shirts and talking on Fox News. You know, I mean, right. it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so it's like, <laughs> they're just like, wow, I totally understand this a little bit when I'm like, you know, I'll post something important to me about Gear World and it'll get like 125 likes. And I'm like, oh, that's not very good. Maybe it's time to, maybe it's time to exploit my toddler for a few yes. more hits. You know? <laughs> yes. Child, child <laughs> labor and exploitation is always in the best interest of, of your company and your family. So just go ahead oh, and do yes, it. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when America finally achieves its goal of becoming Saipan, you know, <laughs> then uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll all, you know, breathe gloriously in the paradise, you know? Oh, of course. Uh, of course. But yeah, it's so it's also fascinating. Like, I mean, just seeing um, my, my little boy identifies guitars now. He calls them guitars. Um, it, I don't know if you hear that banging sound, but that's him. That's him pounding the ukulele into the ground. Of course. Um, and he's uh, he's good about this stuff. I mean, he, but he loves carrying them around and he loves them. And I, I, I was like, I wish I could say I indoctrinated him. I really wish I could, but I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. I, I wish. I wish I could have indoctrinated him into something useful like mechanical engineering or accounting, <laughs> you know? Yes. I mean, he's 21 months old. It's like it's not going to make I, – I don't think this is the deal breaker right now. But, um, yeah, it's just the fact he was into, like, guitars, guitars, and he's guitar, guitar, and banging on the strings and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
Yeah, it's pretty great. So yeah, yeah, I can. I I think I see a similar trajectory with my son. He's, uh, you know, he's eleven months, and uh, he has a couple guitars already. Uh, one yeah. of which he one of which he actually gets to play um, with, and he loves it. He's always like he, when he sees it in his pile of toys, that's what he goes for a lot. You know, most of the time, starts mm-hmm. banging on it. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Um, but you know he's I don't know I I I hate to be like one of those um, sports dads who's like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna play football son whether you like it or not yeah uh, and except obviously with the guitar um, yeah but by the same token like I I feel like he's just gonna it's gonna happen most likely yeah. I mean he already has an amplifier named after him so oh my goodness that's great what amplifier <laughs> is this. Uh, the, the Benson Amps Vinny. Oh, uh, the Vinny is named after him? That's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. I, commissioned... I was looking at those, those little one waters, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've told the story, cool. I think, before on the podcast, but I I commissioned Chris to build it. Basically, I I called him to have him build like a toy that mm-hmm. was that looked like my Monarch that I have. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't build toys, but I've been thinking about doing this one watt amp. I was like, well, that's fine, too. Yeah, and, that's uh, great. <laughs> so he built that, and yeah, my son's name's Vincent, and so he put Vinny on the first one, he's like, that's actually a pretty good name for the amp. I think I'm going to roll with it. Like, seriously? That's awesome. That's so that's, cool. That is so cool. That is incredibly cool. Though, I have to <clears> ask, uh, you know, what pickups are in his guitar? In uh, in his guitar, <laughs> I'm just teasing. It's like, no, no, no. Clearly, he does. You know, he's, like, no, he's got his grandparents. That, I was waiting for that forum chance to just say, like, you know, like, oh, I mean, you should at least get the antiquities. Right. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, there's so my number one is a is a Les Paul Junior, and mm-hmm. uh, and so Grandpa and Grandma got him uh, Epiphone Les Paul Junior. Uh, oh, wonderful! Yeah, full size um, with a single humbucker. Um, so we'll let him, and that the guitar, you know, it's a, like a hundred dollar guitar, maybe like, yeah. uh, tell you what, that thing plays pretty good. Uh, you want to talk about not having an excuse that, yeah, that oh, guitar yeah. plays pretty good. So I have a friend who works for Squire, um, mm-hmm. and he, he had a lot of insightful things to say, but one of the most brilliant things that they've done at Squire lately, and man, I mean, almost everything like the classic vibe series and up, that stuff yeah. is playable. And you can mm-hmm. grab that stuff. It's like you need to do a gig, uh, you know, and uh, you know, and you you need to do a gig, or you need a backup for the road. You can just walk into a guitar center and walk out four hundred dollars later with something you could probably gig that night. Oh and, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's like all that stuff is really playable. I mean, no one's saying it's like a nice drum or our Fender custom shop or anything like that, but it's like. It's nice, you know. It's like really, really solid. We have a, a J. Mascus Squire at our shop, and I'm like, man, this thing is a party, you know. And I have people wanting to borrow it all the time, and I'm like, sure, you know. I mean, <laughs> so what's the worst that happens? It's four hundred dollar guitar, and <laughs> you know, it's just really, um, it's just really cool, you know. I, I just think. Uh, I think I think again getting back to the excuse thing you know I mean it's like you know people of people I think sometimes almost look for an excuse like oh man you know if 
if only I had these uh, cables or only this, you know, and I'm like, yeah, maybe so, you know, but really like, um, you know, it, it all, it, all of these things make little bits of differences. Really, it's like, comes down to your playing, your performance, and you getting what you want from this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, and getting empowered by it. Like, that's, that's the more, that's the part I find a little bit more trouble is rather than people making gear purchases that they want to be empowered by, you know, that like, I'm going to do this, it's going to give me X amount of power, it's going to knock this noise issue out, or it's going to sound fantastic, you know? It's almost more negative, where it's like, oh, if only I had this, then maybe my tone would be good. Oh, if only I had this, my tone would be good, mm-hmm. you know? Um, when really, all these things, you know, these nice devices, nice amps, these things are really kind of upgrades to um, what you need to be able to do gigs, you know, what you need to be able to perform well, Um and that's the, that you know this i also think like in the midst of when people's mindset is that negative as well they're not really experimenting you know so they're like they have $200 and they're like oh man you know i i bought this bought this model of overdrive but i've heard he's come out with like a revision of it so i'm going to buy the revision mm-hmm. you know and i'm like dude the revision is like two cap changes or two parts changes that's it's, it's, it's very mild you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I'm like, and I, and this is something I'm guilty of this too, man. I make revisions too, but I'm like, the revision is pretty mild. Uh, you already bought the original. Uh, have you considered buying a pitch shifter? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, I have a whammy five. That thing is a party. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. You know, or like, like I, I watched, I saw, uh, I've watched a lot of like the Dwarfcraft demos, and I'm oh, like, this, yes. Those pitch grinders and stuff like that. I'm like, God, like oh, the wizard you know, of pitch looks so rad. It looks yeah, so like rad. just just stuff like that. You're like, dang, like this guy's doing some crazy stuff here. Like mm-hmm. you know, like why not? You know, why not go that direction? You know, or like, um, you know, like just just where people are willing to buy things to help stretch them out to take like a risk a little bit. Um, as opposed to, you know, the, you know, well, I'm just going to keep, you know, you know, I'm going to keep polishing the wheel here. Right. <laughs> you know, like, really, the wheel will get a lot better if I buy a new polish for it. And right, it's like, going to be so much shinier. Yeah, exactly. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, this will let your car drive underwater. that's a great analogy that's awesome you know what i'm saying like i was like wow that that improves the tires this turns your car into the james bond underwater car from the spy who loved me you know the Mm -hmm. load you know i was like you can go underwater you can see some fish you know (laughs) like stuff like that (laughs) like do that you know get that gear you know, because that's that's kind of awesome. You know, yeah, that's that's the stuff that like like you. Re- well, I I was kind of gonna say this, and this is not um, as quite as wild, but like sometimes my favorite gear purchases are the ones that I I wasn't really like jonesing for for a long time. <laughs> like it's just like I kind of happened to cross them, and I'm like I'm like hmm, I've seen that before. I wonder what that sounds like, and I plug it in and, and start messing with it, and I go oh I've oh. I need this. I got to have yeah. this. Those are yeah. always my favorite ones 
more so than the ones that I see coming and really, really want and really want them. And why, oh, I can't wait till that comes out. I really want it. Uh, and then I finally get it and I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. It's the mm-hmm. ones that I stumble across. And, uh, yeah. actually the, uh, the meteor was that way for me a little bit. Oh I man, see- thank you. I seen it. I thought that's cool. Yeah, you know, I'm all right with my reverbs though. And then I, I seen it at uh, Eastside Music when I took a trip to Nashville. Great guys, uh, great guys. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, oh, I, w- I want to try that. They're, yeah, everyone's talking about it. Let me try it. And I left with it because like this thing is great. And it's like, uh, I just I'm not just saying that because you're on the show right now. I really do oh, love okay. that pedal. Oh, it's okay. You are. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, no, but thank you. No, but thank you. That, but that's sort of that's sort of where we've like. Uh, that's something that's been a point of contention for us to like, we're like, listen, YouTube demos are great. I love our YouTube demo guys. Online demos are great. Fantastic. But like experiencing these things firsthand. Oh my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. please give that like, cause it's like, it's hard until you actually hear like our stuff firsthand, you know? And like, and then experiment, you know, with it, cause it's not for everybody. You know, I get it. You know, like we have stupid drawings for controls and, I you know, or, or icons. Yeah, or icon driven thing. Like we, you know, and you know, and we, you know, I know the ideal guitar pedal has three knobs. We typically have five. You know, or what? You know, or five or three controls, and we have five. Or we we our format tends to yield towards six, so it can seem a little complex. Um, but give it a shot. Because I, because it's really meant to kind of challenge you a little bit and maybe bring something out. Like what you're saying, we're like, oh, wow, like this, this is interesting. This is taking me places. And, um, and that's kind of, that's our mission is sort of a little bit to push people a little bit out of that boundary and see what they do when they're, when they're a little bit, you know, there's, there's a great sentence I read, uh, in a, um, and a newspaper article or something about travel. And then it turned out to be have been lifted from none other than Neil Peart of Rush. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, total. the author totally plagiarized it. And, oh, uh, wow. That's nice. Yeah, but Neil Peart said something about how travel will take a person out of context. And I was like, that is really totally true because so often you're defined, you start to define yourself by your context of your environment. Like this is where I go to work. This is where I pick up coffee. This is where I buy my groceries. This is what I, this is the language I speak. This is the mm-hmm. house I live in. This is, you know, like you start to feel those things. And then when you travel, especially to places that are really different, all of a sudden you're, that context gets ripped away from you, especially if it's a place where it's a different language, you know? And all of a sudden you're like, Wow. This, how do I react? How do I experience something that is totally different or different enough to change how I react to it? You know, like that's, that's where the effect is not an effect on your sound. It's, this isn't plugins, you know, where you're like, let's play and then let's run a but let's run it through a bunch of plugins and see what happens. Let's just take my dry riff. Like, that's not, that's not how this works. Like when, when you're really playing with an effect, it has an effect on the sound, but also the effect on how you play, you know, like you'll play to that effect, you know, um, it's same can be said for pedals, for effects, for good amps, for good guitars. Like they change the way you play. Like it's like, it's like, let me play a riff and then we'll run it through a bunch of plugins and maybe one of them will be a Marshall. And I'm like, no, no, no. You would have never played that through a Marshall. Right. If, If you had a Marshall in the room with you, you never play that riff. Like you just wouldn't. You know, because the Marshall 
sinks and sags and does these weird things and punches out these notes and you know and all of a sudden you know it, it, it steers a little differently than you would have so your riff might have been simplified or changed or elaborated in a different way you know versus you playing it into a ditto looper or something and then feeding it through a bunch of different stuff you know um and that's that means a ton to me you know that that you like it that like that because it's that's the goal is to push things a little bit different and you know it's great that people are starting to find brick and mortar locations again i have nothing against the online shops and we sell a lot of pedals online but like um to be able to go in and say let me lay this stuff out um and I was expecting to like this, but then I tried this, and this was what did it for me. Yeah, that's that's kind of a treat, you know. It's um, it's 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 much better. I mean, like you say, I haven't I I love online shops, but the majority of my purchases come through brick and mortars, and or maybe I'll have played the particular thing at a brick and mortar and see a great deal online, then I buy it there. But yeah. Um, yeah, but there's, there's a beauty nothing... to that to this too. I mean, as well, it's that consultative thing too. You know, like some guy was like, "Yo, Blake, I think I think you're gonna dig this." Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like that's kind of that connection is kind of awesome. Where someone has watched you play or knows you and can discern some of your tastes a little bit. Oh yeah, put something, you know, put something in front of you. Like one of one of the guys in my shop plays in like an electro pop band, right? Mm-hmm. And you know it's like it's they sort of sound like metric. They're female fronted, you know, and there's synths and you know stuff. And he plays guitar. And I got a uh, I purchased a vintage tube driver, Chandler tube driver. Right. Okay. It's like the BK Butler big cream thing. Mm-hmm. I'd always wanted one because I remember Eric Johnson and Joe Satriani both played through them in the '80s, and I was like, oh, I want of this course. thing. Yeah. But what's really interesting is that low gain between like the weird control they have and the light gain and the crunch, it's like really open in a way that is just, to me, it's just uncommon in overdrive world now. You know, like it's just not a common voice. You know, like everyone has voiced things. Everyone has voiced things to really push a lot of mid-range. Um, either they've run one of two ways. They've pushed things really hard in the mid-range or they've gone super transparent, right? Where it's basically right. like glamorized clean boosters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it really struck me, like the tube driver, as like this different kind of open gritty thing that I only hear out of like a handful of pedals. And I've played like hundreds of different overdrive pedals. And the tube driver is really cool. And I remember telling him, he came in and said, what the hell is this? And I was like, listen, you're either going to really love this or really hate it. Mm-hmm. But that's really, but that's beautiful about it. You know, and he ended up just like, whoa, like he had never experienced anything like I was like, I know, right? It's like, it really... It sort of reminds me a little bit. There's a, there's another overdriver I think is massively underrated. I've talked about before. Um, I just have to geek out a little bit. And if your listeners check it out, I, I think they should. But I fully understand that they may not like it. Um, there's an overdrive called the Manifold Drive by my friend Wes at Resonant Electronics. Okay. And the Manifold this is news to me. My, so I'm yeah. intrigued. Okay. The Manifold to me is the only overdrive that I've really played – that sounds, it for better and for worse, 
like when you get a small Fender tube amp or Tweety amp or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just dime it. Like, you just dime it. Where, like, the speaker even seems like it's about to die, and, like, notes get flabby and sag and weird, and, like, the free, the EQ is almost like, you're like, you're like, it, there's, it's, like, all over the place. It's almost, like, comb-filtered a little, and you're right. like, and you're like, it, like, you're like, this does not sound like a tube screamer. You know, <laughs> like, this is not what a, like, not the distillation of what we've called overdrive. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, a lot of overdrive pedals are actually trying to sound like overdrive sounds that have been mixed, mastered, processed, reamped, and then put onto recordings. And then it's like, look, you can sound like this recording of an overdrive pedal. Like, this actually sounds like, like a mess in a great way too. <laughs> so it's like you run it halfway and it's like this crunchy, weird, crisp thing. And then you dime it and you hit certain settings and it like sags and constricts in weird ways. And you're like, this, it, it, what I love about it is clearly not for everybody, but I'm like, no, this really does actually sound like when we used to take silver face champs and just dime them and like, let's just see what happens, you know? And you're like, <laughs> and, and, you know, and it really, and it's one of these things where I'm like, I know he sold a good number of these, but not like crazy numbers, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, of course, because like a lot of people bought this because they see Manifold Drive, they think Overdrive Pedal, and they plug this in, and it sounds like a little more brittle, and a little more spiky, and a little bit more harsh, and a little bit drier, and a little bit drier and dirtier at the same time than what they're used to, you know? And they're like, huh, okay. You know, like, they're like, they don't get it. But for the people who do get it, you're like, oh my gosh, this sounds awesome. You know, like, you know, you just want to, like, just take this thing and, like, smash it with, like, you know, you just want to get, like, the the right Strat or, like, you know, the right single coil pickup guitar and just, like, bash through really wide open chords on it. You know, mm-hmm. and it just, and then you want to dime it and play like kind of fuzzyish leads, and you know, I've seen, you know, I've seen a, a rough schematic trace of it, and I was like, this is really interesting and original. You know, I'm like, I've, I've seen enough Overdrive to see where everyone just copies the app notes, and um, it's just, it's refreshing. It's like I remember my first experience with it. I was like. I know if I'd just seen YouTube demos, I'd have been like, okay, kind of bright, clean overdrive. You know, cool. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it has a little bit of a fuzzy mode when you dime it. All right. But then playing it in person, I was like, you know what? This is really cool. You know? Yeah. Like, just really, really cool. And I just was like, you know, maybe, maybe in, maybe in a, like I'm of two minds of this because there's like a part of me that's like thinks you know in a just world this you know he would have sold forty times as many of these you know right. and, and and he'd be rich you know <laughs> but maybe it's not about being like just in the marketplace so much as like this thing is cool and different and the people who get it and and something I I think try, I try to remember about our own work as well. Is that Wes made exactly Wes and Peter at Resonant made exactly the overdrive pedal they wanted to make? You know, mm-hmm. they got to do that, and it's gotten and the people who get it get it. 
Yeah. You know? And that's all you can kind of ask for. And the people who don't, don't. You know, it's like it's like they were it's like they recorded an album that, you know, me and a bunch of different people I know, but not, you know, it's not Taylor Swift popular, but the people I know who got it, they're like, oh my god, that album. You know, like mm-hmm. that's what they've done with this driver. You know, and I think to myself, well, that's really cool. You know, so that's me geeking out on on a piece of gear because that's like, <laughs> you know, I, I think like that is the that thing is just so like sometimes every once in a while, like I'll go months without playing it. You know, I have like a pile of pedals on a shelf or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, hold on, I just need a little like refresher of like what's possible when people are willing to do something a little different. And I plug that thing in and I'm like, this thing is pretty darn rad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I'm like, I mean, and it doesn't fit for everybody. And I'm sure there are rigs where it's like, you know, if you just dropped it, you know what I'm saying? Like if you just yanked like some other pedal off your rig and you dumped a, a, a manifold in, it doesn't work, you know, like, Oh, it doesn't jive with your, you know what I'm saying? It's not a, just a switcheroo where you don't change. You know, a lot of people sometimes think these things should be just drop and drop. You know, like, I'm not going to change any settings on my amps. I'm not going to change anything else on my board. I'm just, I just want to be able to pull, you know, overdrive X out and drop this, you know, drop overdrive Y in and have things be better. You no, know, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, I... I, I turned up, I, I, I like got like our Dr. Z just a little cranked and then I put the manifold in front of it and I was just like, get out. You know? Right. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, just get out. Like, I just wanted to drop like a mic in front of it right then and there and play like those kind of semi-clean, semi-dirty uh, parts you'd hear on like a Sunny Day real estate album yeah. or something. Yeah, just please. Like, yes. You know, it's like, it's like the sound is almost like this gunmetal sound. It's like that's the color of that sound. It's like this kind of like the blast of stuff that's like really great and chimey and colorful, but also dirty and a, a little fuzzy and weird on the edges and asymmetrical. And and I'm like, man, that thing is rad. You know? And I'm like, kudos to those, kudos to those guys. I actually got to run. Um, but oh. I hope, but, but man, great chat. I'm sorry I had to. I, I, I finally got to talking about gear the last like ten minutes instead of talking about kids and child exploitation and uh, right, which serial is always killers. a solid thing to to, to track, talk about. But yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm sorry that uh, you know it might take another uh, nine months or so, but I got to get you <laughs> back on. I got to get you back on the show because I didn't. We didn't get into one single question that I normally have lined up. Not one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. That's no, what this I is do. a good thing. I this just stonewalled you. I just like stonewalled and chatted. You know, it's like oh. you, you and I were just <laughs> right, jiving on stuff, and I just started rambling. But yeah, it, it just happens. It. <laughs> you know? That's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, like yeah, you can you can advertise this cast that way. Like I finally get Philippe Hernan on the phone, and he doesn't answer a single question. He simply... well, to be fair, I didn't ask one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't get to get into it, which is fine because that actually leaves uh that means we have a plan next time. Uh or yes. at least I at least I can tell by the way the this has went 
oh, what's going to happen is well, I'll ask the question, and what we're going to do is what normally happens on the show. This is what normally happens. Is I'll ask questions, and then we'll start talking, and then we'll go in a completely different direction. That's how the show oh, normally yeah. works. But in this case, or, we just or, started or, in a completely different direction and went from there. Oh, how about this? How about we do a lightning round where I'm limited to one sentence? Ask a bunch of questions, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll lightning round them. You want to do it now or later? Now. Do you want to take like, like five Five questions that you Ooh, had, and I'll okay. Well, these are five more choice in, ones. These and are then, more in and depth, I'll, and I'll lightning I'll, around them. Okay, okay. These the, my normal questions are more in depth, but I can do this. Okay. So I'll ask a couple things here. Okay. Okay. What is your number one guitar in your arsenal right now? A 1983 Stratocaster that my father and I helped uh, put together from parts uh, when I was in high school. Uh, it's. Um, an 83 Strat with uh, Freyland pickups, and it is beat to all heck, and it is on our Instagram. I have a bunch of nice guitars, but this one is always the one that is the number one that I grab. Perfect. It's the one that feels like home. All right, cool. Uh, what is your favorite product that Caroline can, uh, currently makes? Oh, man, this is like Sophie's Choice, dude, where I'm like <laughs> having to choose among my kids. Um <laughs> You know, uh, gosh, um, hmm, man, wow. Um, because this is going to decide which is the next one I get, because I wanted to try some more, but Eastside mm -hmm. was closing. Otherwise, I would have tried, after trying the Meteor, I would have tried the whole line, but I was, I, I was being ushered out of the store. <laughs> <laughs> um... Gently, well, gently. It was all my fault. Don't take that yeah. to mean those are bad guys. That, that's not yeah. what I mean. You know, you know um, push comes to shove, I probably got to say, uh, gosh, I probably got to say kilobyte. Okay. Um, just because I, I associate so much with it in terms of, you know, the kind of breakthroughs I felt we had in terms of developing it. And mm -hmm. then... Um, as well, uh, also, you know, I'm kind of proud of the fact that I, you know, on two different occasions was willing to kind of work with people or collaborate with them to get it done. First with Jack DeVille, who I think is absolutely brilliant, um, uh, helping us with a modulation control and with the original layout. And then uh, with John Cusack uh, to redo the layout for surface mount Um so that we could keep up with demand. Um, gotcha. So I, I so I'm really proud of that one because it's you know I think sometimes this industry can fool people into thinking of themselves as mad sonic geniuses who are you know you know like I'm the crazy difficult you know solo individualist artist when I was like wow this is really great and there's no way I'm gonna be able to. Uh, completely you know, like i can pitch seven innings of this you know yeah i'm not going to be able to close it you, you know couldn't, couldn't complete the thought without some assistance i understand yeah that. yeah and i'm sort of proud of the fact that you know i can i you know it's, it's what's the the lead role in cage versus a walk on part in the war you know you just let help let someone else help uh, uh be willing to let work with someone else and collaborate to get it done yeah i uh I can totally relate to that because I'm an idea person. And I don't know how to do anything. So everything that I try to come up with, I have to go to somebody much smarter than me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was, it was like, I, I mean, 
And it was nice that I was able to go with most of it kind of done, but then be able to take creative edits and get stuff done and rescue it from where it was. Because I think it would have been a good pedal. It would have been a fine pedal. It's not, but I think it's became something I really love by being willing to make some adjustments and changes. So, okay, cool. Perfect. Yep. All right. Uh, you got time for a couple more or we, we yes, got a couple go? more, couple okay. more. And then, couple and more. then I have, and then I have a screaming child. I'm going to run and go rescue. It's going to be great. Okay. okay. The nice part is the nice part is I have like four people assisting for screaming child. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, let's see. I kind of got sidetracked on that last one. Um, what album are you currently listening to right now? What's your favorite? Like not oh. what's in the rotation? What's in the rotation? Oh my goodness. Uh, right now it's, um, um, it's the Beatles greatest hits. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's just really great to listen to this stuff. I know it sounds like, it sounds like so canonical, like it's above complaint. Um, but right. it's not, you know, <laughs> Like, oh, he's pulling the Beatles snob thing. But no, I mean, it's so refreshing. Like, there's so many interesting little things that they did with melody and harmony and stuff. And then they just were just really beautiful songwriters. But it also makes the best children's music. I mean, it's so much better. Like, my kid chills out to the Beatles. You know, you put on uh, that stuff and he loves it. Um, And it's, you know, better than, uh, I think it's better than what passes for children's music that, you know, I would be playing at him. So it's good for us both, you know. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And last question. And then this is a, you may or may not know this, but this is a classic tone mob question. Um, Okay. And everyone waits around. Doesn't always come out every episode because we get going, but this time we have the opportunity. So here you go. Philippe Caroline. Philippe Caroline? Who is that? I don't know who that is. Philippe Herndon. <laughs> yep. What kind of pizza do you like? I am a big fan of the round table pizza, King Arthur's Supreme without olives. Oh, that's interesting that you bring that up. I was just thinking I hadn't been to round table in years. I don't even remember what it tastes like. It's quite good. Like the quality is really good. So I would say I put that... Um, uh, I, I'm very much a fan because it's also something I only get when I've, I'm on the West Coast, and right. it's really fantastic. Um, but that's uh, that that is kind of I push comes to shove. That's my number one pick. I'm a huge fan of everything I get from this pizzeria in uh, Colombia called Dano's. Okay, um, but uh, uh, candidly, for uh, like when I think of a pizza. It's like, can we have a, like, I'm come home. It's like, oh, we didn't make dinner, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, shucks. Well, I guess let's just order a King Arthur Supreme. No, <laughs> no olives, you know? It's like, oh, man, you didn't make man, dinner. Oh, like, oh well, can, do, you, do you think we can get some pizza? You know, how about a King Arthur Supreme? No olives, you know? It's like, it's just, it's so a touchstone coming from, my parents' place in Southern California that, uh, you know, they, they knew, like, they literally would offer it when we called. So it was just like, you know, like their computer systems knew, but before they even had the computer systems, like they'd see our number and they're like, Oh, so you want the King Arthur Supreme. So yeah. Plus it's also (laughs) fun to say King Arthur Supreme. It has like this, I have anointed you the King of pizza. (laughs) By the power of Excalibur, 
And the Knights of the Round Table, I have presented you the Supreme. Oh, like, man. Something, it, it's, it has a properly pompous name. It does. Um, that you reminds know. me of something i just seen. Uh, actually reminded me of two things. But one was uh, in, here in Oregon, uh, I believe it was down in, in Eugene, uh, mm-hmm. the local Domino's saved a guy's life because he ordered pizza like on the rig. Like they knew yeah. when he'd call. Oh, I like, saw this. Yeah, and he yeah. never and he didn't for a couple of days, and they went to his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he yeah he had like had a, a got injured or something and couldn't get up. Uh, he was an older guy, I think. Uh, oh, this beautiful story. That's so so good of them. Yes, it is. And then the other thing, which is completely unrelated, uh, you're the only guest on the show uh, who actually have met their mother. I'm sorry. I met your mother down in Oh, that's in right. Nam. You did. Yes, at Nam. <laughs> and you know who is awesome about that? I've got to give a shout out. Their product is awesome as well. Like, there ain't no voodoo. Like, um, the guys from Sinusoid, yes. the cable company. Yes, the, those guys so are awesome. Those dudes, those dudes took my mother to go get cigarettes. Yes, like, they I did. I thought that was <laughs> really, really fantastic. My mom wanted to go get cigarettes. She's like, oh, I need to go. I need someone to walk with me. I was inside doing something. And she was smoking with those guys, and they're like, "We'll go with you." <laughs> when right. They went across the <laughs> store to like a liquor store and cigarettes thing. Oh, I have to mention as well. Okay. Uh, before I go, the, the King Arthur Supreme thing reminded me of something. Okay. Uh, and I think it's a good question for future podcasts as well. Okay. What do you think is the greatest pedal name ever? Ooh. I'm gonna ask you. Like, You're gonna first, ask me. What, yeah, yeah. I'm asking you. What do you think is the greatest pedal name ever? Oh man. Wow, that is tough. I wasn't expecting the tables to turn so quickly. Uh yeah. let me think here. I um let me him and haw. If you want to hem and haw, I'll tell you what mine is. Yeah, and you, then I'm you, you, with yours. Yeah, you go mine ahead. Mine is I'll... mine is the Menatone King of the Britons. Oh, that's pretty solid. Doesn't that's... that sound awesome? I mean, it's like regardless of what you'd think of that pedal. Menatone, King of the Britons. I mean, it's just like that. Like, just what a name! What a perfect name! It has that. It has that. Uh, you know, Monty Python thing going on mm-hmm. as well with King of the Britons, but it also sounds like triumphant rock. Like it. It, it sounds like it should be sung by King Diamond, like <laughs> King of the Britons. You know. <laughs> you know, like. And it's like it, like Bruce Dickinson should sing it. Yes. And, but then it also communicates like <laughs> we intend to sound like a 70s Marshall, you know? Of course. Of course. So it's like it, it, it captures like pop culture comedy, overt ridiculousness, power, and to top it all off, a preview into what the item might sound like. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, for me, like, hitting for the cycle is King of the Britons. Yeah. yeah. I still don't have a solid answer, and I would probably change it if I had more time to, like, really, really pour over my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I mean, the one that immediately sprung to my brain, and it's because I'm a fan of the movie, obviously, but, like, the Tonal Recall. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. really like that name a lot because it just instantly I just see Arnold Schwarzenegger's eyes getting sucked out of his head, like from mm-hmm. the awesomeness of the delay. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably not what I would pick for. I mean, that that, that pedal's amazing, but that's probably not what I would pick for best name ever if I had a lot of time to think about it. 
Mm-hmm. But that's what's that's what's coming to my brain right now in, uh, when being kind of blasted with that question out of nowhere. So I'll I'll stick oh, with that good. tentatively. But it, King of the Britons is I think that's that's really hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I gotta run. Hey Raymond, what sound does a lion make? Hurrah! Hurrah! That's right. <laughs> that's right. I have to run. Great chat with you, and uh, I look forward to this being broadcast. And I look forward to people going, man, I wish that guy would shut up about stuff and talk about gear. <laughs> you know? Hey, like, uh, you, uh, can we have your son close out the episode instead of me? You sure, think he would do sure. that? What, yeah, can what, he, what, does, he, does he repeat things pretty well? Uh, not really. Um uh, no, he's not quite at the repeating stage, unfortunately. Okay. Oh, and he's already left. He he, he like he, he's been trying to get inside this room for a little while, and my wife just let him in, and then he has proceeded to like he, I'm, he's totally he found a ball and he left. You know, okay. it's it's great. <laughs> okay, never, never mind. I'm really uh, and I, and I'm kind of glad about this. Like I'm trying to raise like this little Jack London boy who just wants to like climb things and like be an adventurer mm-hmm. you know like he, do, he doesn't watch any screens or whatever god i sound like that hipster snobby earth mom or whatever right but i'm kind of proud of the fact like he really just wants like he just wants to like wrestle and chase things and like throw a ball around and uh crash like his toy cars into stuff like i just think it's like you know, and get his hands dirty. Like he runs out into the garden and just gets gets a mud, becomes a little muddy mess. And I just sort of, I'm like, that's that's just pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I I'm, agree. I'm quite pleased. So I like it. So I'll close it out. Um, you know, but uh, man, great chat, and I look forward to it, my friend. All right. Well, look forward to more. Yep, we'll do it again sometime. So for Philippe, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. Very, very, very glad to get that episode out for you guys finally. Philippe is a real treat of a person to speak with, so I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. So, on to business. You guys know about the secret project now, don't you? Have you been off the internet? Have you been unplugged for a while? Or maybe you're not subscribed to the mailing list? Or... You know, just for some reason, you're in a space-time vortex thing, and it just didn't didn't mesh up for you. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and tell you, the cat's out of the bag. There's officially a Tone Mob pedal. And of course, it's a Fuzz, because it's me, and Fuzz is amazing. So if you haven't already heard, I teamed up with Solid Gold Effects, and we brainstormed and went back and forth and came up with a sweet, sweet, sweet fuzz. It's the Tone Mob Model 001. Uh, and there are so many different flavors of dirt in there. There's like Velcro spitty ripping fuzz. There's like kind of wall of sound type fuzz. There is overdrive tones. There is, you know, distortion sounds. There's subtle octaves. It can like self-oscillate. It does all kinds of stuff and it it's all handmade. It uh I just couldn't be happier with how it came out. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Solid Gold Effects, Greg and Alex over there did a crazy, insane good job on it. And you can check it out 
at tonemob.com slash store. And unfortunately, as of this recording, the black and gold is actually sold out already. So there are still the black and white options left. Uh, it comes in a really cool laser etched box, uh, the lid of which you can take off, put some Velcro on it, and use it as a pedal riser for the fuzz or any other standard size pedal that you need to just get up there uh, at the back of your board and make it easier to hit or something. So yeah, go check it out, tonemob.com slash store. If you haven't already seen it, there's five different demos up there. Um, everyone did a great job. I'm so, uh, so happy and a big thank you to everyone involved in the project. It's, it's come out really well and I, I hope you guys enjoy it. So, so there's more of that to come. This is what I like to call the, uh, the first domino in, uh, many, many more collaborations with the, all of these super cool companies that I've gotten hooked up with as a result of doing this tone mob project. And for that, I have you guys to thank also for tuning in, listening, engaging in the conversation. You guys are what make all of this possible. So a big thank you. And I don't even know what else to say. I'm just rambling at this point. So I will talk to you next week. I hope you all have a good, good week. Bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.